go. This is it. We are back at Acme Comedy Company, No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. I was here two weeks ago, which seems like two years ago. and Before that, it was two decades. Brian, yeah. Brian Miller is here with me. He's headlining this week at Acme. We're going to talk all about the new temporary uh, setup here at Acme. How are the shows are going to go this weekend? Uh, it's weird. I was here two weeks ago, and I was like, it's so great to be back. And I was, you know, from the bottom of my heart, it was so great to be back. I recorded uh, the podcast with John DeBoer. Yeah, right. And then the shows never happened. Yeah, so right. promoted shows that never happened because oh, uh, a yeah. curfew kicked in here. In the Twin Cities, we're in Minneapolis. There was a curfew in Minneapolis and St. Paul, and they had to they had to postpone or cancel the shows. So, and then no shows last week, and uh, now we're back to promote what you're doing this weekend here. Brian. Yeah, and then and then after this week, then people can be back in here live. Yes. So we're uh, we'll say the date is June 10th. Yeah. It is Wednesday, June 10th. Wednesday, June 17th. This place officially opens back up. People will be able to come in and have a meal for dinner. And they'll be able to come in here and see a show. And, uh, Brian, what do you see here? These are how the chairs are going to be set up. Describe what you see here. Yeah, this is interesting. So I remember Lewis talking about this when we came to do the, and you were here for this, I think, the um, recorded show that we did, the online. Oh, I, wa- um, I watched it online. Yeah, yeah, put it on YouTube yep. or whatever. Um, and he was saying at the time, he was like, oh, well, he's like, whenever they reopen, he's like, He's like, it's definitely going to be reduced capacity. And so he was already plotting out and kind of kind of getting a sense of it. So this looks like a, a refined version of that. So you've got two seats each. You know, they're all grouped up like couple seats and they're 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 six feet apart. I'll tell you, they're 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 distanced. And then there's a there's these barriers. This is the part I didn't expect. Right. It makes sense. There are these like barriers so people can't get too close to the stage so that the, the comedian is six feet away because, you know, one of the. Almost all great clubs have one thing in common, which is the comic is really, really close to the audience, right? Yes. I mean, when you're, you know, if you're standing on the very front of the stage here, the nearest audience member is what two feet away, you know? Like, oh, you could, foot. yeah. I mean, you, you could can share their table. Oh, yeah. yeah. I put, I've, I often put my beer on their table. Mm-hmm. I've kicked people's feet off the stage because they're <laughs> putting their stupid feet on the stage. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, there's been some physical contact, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> only of the pleasant and uh, invited variety. Um, <laughs> Just a friendly, like, hey, what's But up? now it's like Aerosmith is playing, and there's that, like, that, that space in between where the bouncers and the photographers go. I remember the early, uh, like, my first, you know, years of going to see rock concerts and whatnot at First yep. Avenue, downtown here in Minneapolis. And they did not, you could get right up to the stage and, you know, and uh, mosh pit. Yeah, put your hands it. right up on the stage, Absolutely. lean on it, yeah. And then over time... This type of thing happened at, uh, not because of, uh, you know, like coronavirus social yeah. distancing, but I think for the safety of the performers, yeah. they started putting up the uh, the hockey boards as uh, the same Well, thing maybe the best audience Avenue. interaction of all time happened at the, uh, I think it was the Triple Rock. There was a guy, a hip-hop guy, this was maybe 2012, and he was doing a set, and literally while he was rapping, this girl leaned up, grabbed his pants, yanked him down, and started blowing him while he was rapping in at the Triple Rock. Yeah, and then the guy, like, literally, he literally physically, like, backed out of her mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, uh, excuse me, I'm rapping. <laughs> like, yeah, so I guess this barricade will prevent any uh, unsolicited oral sex. <laughs> I... I'm sure that's why Lewis put it up. He's like, oh, man, and all those people standing in line like it's a Q&A session. Of... <laughs> if you check the really fine print. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I might break social distancing protocol for that. I might, uh... <laughs> Six feet, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, six feet. Yeah, we might have to. Mm-hmm. We might have to modify the distance a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, well, let's give people more of the rundown of what's going on. So when when John DeBoer was supposed to do a show before mm-hmm. things were called off two weeks ago, we were talking about the shows were going to be here in the, you know, there's been, obviously we just described them, some changes to the club uh, into more of a studio. Right. Right. And he was going to be doing his stand-up shows and they were going to be 100% on Zoom. Yep. Which is... What you're doing this week as well. I'm the only person who's going to do this, by the way. Or the only, this is the only week, me and Corey right. and Burrill. Yep. Because this is the, the, the and, I, and, I, and I've talked to people about this, but I think it caught everybody off guard that the dine-in came back the way it did as fast, you know, like this partial reopening and then all of a sudden the dine-in came back, perhaps circumstantially related. No one will ever know exactly the specific motivations, but... Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got to assume that everybody thought it was going to be Zoom only for a couple months. Oh, I, we we were planning on that, and we then phase in to part. And, and the, the best of all possible worlds during this pandemic, until we can get back to jamming people in. I love the combination of some. You know, you can buy Zoom tickets, and some people can come sit here because it's it, that way. People who are, are have health risks or just uncomfortable coming out, they can still see the show. People who want to come out can, and the shows that people see on Zoom when there's an audience here will be better because you'll have that vibe. You'll have that energy from the people here i completely agree and i want to know what is your so pre-quarantine pre you know self-isolation mm-hmm. let's say you know up to the beginning of march yeah you never had to do a show i assume remotely no i don't think ever I'd, i don't think i've ever i'd ever done a remote show like that before yeah you know i mean i, I do a lot of radio which is kind of like that a little bit but it's a conversation there's other people there yeah but you are kind of Telling jokes and assuming that people out there are listening. As someone who uh, used to do radio, I I imagine there are certain interviewers that just kind of let you hang for ten minutes. It's It's happened, so it's like you're (laughs) performing to an empty uh, building. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. And I was busy as hell before the pandemic. In fact, I was on the road when everything hit. I was in Chicago. Oh, and so I was headlining comedy bar in Chicago, and I remember saying to my wife. Uh, you know, this is gonna be weird. This might—I uh, I got a couple weeks off after this. That'll be good. We'll let this whole disease thing die out, you know, and then I'll get back on the road <laughs> in April. And I—I I just let it die out in April. Yeah, April yeah, right. Back. So I flew to Chicago on a Friday, and uh, I remember flying in in like the airport. I'd flown the week before to Nashville for shows, and when I flew to Nashville, it was like completely normal. You wouldn't—you couldn't told any difference. It looked like any day at the airport. Yeah. And then just the next week. It was pretty empty, a lot of masks. And I was like, oh, this is different. And I was in Chicago, and that was St. Patrick's Day weekend. And very yeah. quickly, you started getting the vibe of like, oh. And so like, it went even from Friday of being like, this is maybe maybe wash your hands extra, to on Sunday, there was a run on the grocery store. They closed the they, – they canceled my Sunday show. I mean, they canceled everything on, on Sunday. Sure. So like, I, they literally – the, panda, the close, closure started while I was in the hotel waiting to go do my last show. And so then Monday morning I fly back, and Monday morning when I get to the airport, I'm literally there were 80 people in Midway Airport, like that I saw in the totality of the airport. Yeah. Do, uh, do you are you like me in over this time and all this, all the social distancing and everything? Yeah. And because one of the things that the, the last podcast I was doing here um, before everything shut down was with Jake Johansson, and that was like the the hoarding of toilet paper had already yeah. begun. Yep. Do you look at preppers differently now, like I do? Like maybe, maybe I could have be a, have a little more in common. Maybe I. I mean, you know what? I was always I'm kind of finicky. We've always had like a uh, like hurricane, hurricane, tornado 
prep. We have a basement, so we already had like a stock of food. Oh, oh um, tell me how much. Like, what do you mean we by had stock? A, we had a smaller amount. You know, like a couple of jars of peanut butter. We have several gallons of water. Um, you know, crackers. How you big? Know. Like uh, like a grains. Like a wine box, what? I would say. We did initially, right? Like a like a full like a wine. Um, not like a box of wine, like a case of wine. Like one of those boxes, kind of full of stuff, and then a bunch of water. Okay. But then, so my buddy works for a virology lab in DC, and he's been working on this coronavirus cure since January. So he called me in January and he said, hey, go to the grocery store right now and buy a bunch of dry goods. What? So you I got t- an early tip? Oh, I got a way early tip. So we had we were already stocked up before the thing happened, and I was telling other comics to, to go buy a little extra stuff, and nobody believed me. And uh, Daniel Williams, who's a great comic, uh, he, no he called shit. me. He was like, he's like, he's like, man, we we're driving that gig, and you told me to buy extra stuff. I was like, I thought that was the craziest shit I ever heard. And he's like, two weeks later, I was buying extra shit. He's like, I should have yeah. listened to you. No kidding. Yeah. So my my buddy Wes, one of my best friends, went to high school together. He told he saw this coming way ahead of time. How much were you getting for the hand sanitizer that you were hoarding and reselling? <laughs> we, did, we didn't hoard. You know, the one thing we didn't expect was the toilet paper thing. Because um, we just bought, Good, like... Both beside, maybe because it didn't make sense? Because it was never stupid. needed to be a shortage? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that was a really stupid thing. Because we were buying, like, you know, uh, white rice and beans and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so the toilet paper thing definitely caught us off guard. We are like, well, that never occurred to us. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... Something I know about you, many things. You're originally from Kentucky, right? Yeah, born in Paducah, Kentucky. How far was that away from Florence? I don't know. Do you I, know do you, are you familiar with Florence? I'm familiar with Florence, but I, don't, I was pretty young last time I went that way. Okay. Do you have any family members that, that uh, are still there? Yeah. And they have the accent? Oh, have yeah. An accent? Oh, yeah. Have you heard what I'm getting to here? Have you heard of the name of the new baseball team in Florence? No. Kentucky. The Frontier League. I think it's an independent league. Sure. I'm not even sure. Uh, their team name? It's brand new. Uh-huh. Brand new. I uh, saw the uniforms. I'm a big uh, baseball uniform geek. Sure. I saw these uniforms go through my Twitter feed the other day, and I was like, what are these? Oh, they're white, baby blue with the red. They re- they really sharp looking. I like them. The name of the team is the Florence Yalls. Wow. Well, that's on the nose. <laughs> I mean, uh... Sure. Although y- y- here's the thing, y'alls. It's plural. Y'alls. Mm-hmm. Y'all is already plural. Y'all is you all. You can't have alls. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, surprise, surprise. And maybe it fits even better. The grammar it? check in Kentucky didn't go through. <laughs> what a stunner. But yeah, you, you don't. You say you don't say. I mean, I guess you'd say, "Oh, I got alls the money." I mean, you say it like that, but you don't say, you know. Yeah. How, how, how much? How hey, much? y'alls. Yeah. Y'alls gonna come with me? Yeah. Y'all gonna come with me? You say y'all gonna come with me? You're right. They should be like the wild. They're the y'all. <laughs> the y- oh, I know. <laughs> wild. I'm not, I'll never be okay with that. You can't draw a picture of a y'all. What are they gonna have for a mascot? I didn't look. I didn't get into that. But what, that's what, a good point. Is what, it just a guy? But it can't just be one guy. It has to be at least three people. I would assume. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so because uh, I think y'all is three or more. Yuns is two. You ever heard of Yuns? Oh, yeah. Hey, Yuns. You know what Yuns is short for? This is true. You young ones. I was going to say, I think young fits yeah. in there. Yeah. You're young ones. Yuns. Yuns, get over here. That's a, that's a, we got a lot of that when we were kids. Did, did you have, was y'all, y'all in your vocab- vocabulary? Oh, yeah. I say, I say y'all every now and then. I go, I'll throw in a y'all. Throw in a y'all? Yeah. It happens. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, My, so I don't, not judging here. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you take a look at me. I haven't got a haircut since pre-quarantine really yeah your hair looks great 
I got it cut very short before, just oh, on a fluke. Just, but, just you know, that, the last thing I did before I flew to Chicago was I was like, it might be tough to get a haircut. And I'm thinking for a couple of weeks, right? So I got my haircut the day before I left, and I'm glad because yeah. it my hair was looking terrible. You're so, it, oh, well, it actually thank you. looks like you got a cut. Thank you. you no, got, this like, is... just a smidge over the glasses. I yeah. can even fix that for you. Even, <laughs> I mean, I, I can even do that. When I put a cap on, I got wings. So, sure, yeah. Um, I, my wife did this uh, just a few days ago. Looks pretty decent, right? This is not a pro cut. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I mean, no any difference. Yeah, my hair doesn't look that good anyway, so she was able to keep maintaining that standard. <laughs> Did you pay? Uh, I mean, in a cosmic sense. Yeah, okay. So my neighbor uh, comes out of the ho- his house the other day, and I was like, did you? Oh, this was two weeks ago mm-hmm. before any of the barbershops were open. Yeah. I said, did you, you got a haircut. Where the hell did you get a haircut? And he goes, oh, I have a Floby. He, used, he has the Floby still? I wonder if Floby stock was going up through the roof. You have no idea, Brian. No one has any idea of, I mean, I certainly didn't. I did a little bit of research on Flowey, Brian. Yeah. First of all, the one my neighbor has, he said he bought 15 years ago. Sure. The like, suck cut, as they call it in Wayne's World. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> certainly does suck. Yeah, yeah, that is the first thing that pops in my head. Of is course. The of Flo-Bee. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, we all could relate to it. Because when they did that, that commercial was on TV every day. Yeah. Every five minutes. Every commercial break. Ahead of their time. Flo-Bee. Yeah, absolutely. So my neighbor has a Flowbee. And I'm like, are you fu- huh? Oh, yeah, I've had it for 15 years or so. I bought it. still works. So I looked. I said, I got to know. I got to know more about Flowbee. Are they still around? Are they yeah. still made? So I went on uh, second secondary market, like eBay. Sure. Minimum. Take a guess how much of a Flowbee Oh, is. gosh. I don't know how much. I think, oh, what did they cost he originally? He paid like 60 I was going to say fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought that's what it was. <laughs> I thought it was three three easy payments of nineteen ninety nine. Plus shipping and handling, but we're not counting I'm going to go nostalgia value plus scarcity plus quarantine, one fifteen. You're about dead on. One ten was the cheapest oh, one I saw. Man. This is amazing. This is amazing. Okay, so those. Let me the... guess your weight. <laughs> <laughs> you age. You'll have a harder time. Yeah. So, um, I, so so that's the secondary market, and then I'm like, well, maybe is Floby still in business? Are yeah. they making them? They are, on the website. They're about ninety bucks. Okay. Here's the thing, and I'm not kidding. They. Like you could go on that website right now. Each of us could go on and buy one. Mm-hmm. You go try and buy a second one. They cancel your order. Whoa. Because so they're so valuable. Wow. They're trying to stop people from buying one to put on the secondary market. That yes. makes sense, I guess. Yes. You, their rules are you cannot buy another Flowbee for a full calendar year from the same address. If you would have told the Flowbee <laughs> people two years ago that they would be stopping people from buying multiple units, they'd have been like, get out of here. I mean, people want two, right? <laughs> Like, That's incredible. It makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Because if you if you have an asshole who will fill his entire truck full of toilet paper, there's definitely a guy who will buy 50 Flobies. Oh, yeah. Oh, there could have been somebody going, yeah, town to town. Like video game systems. You know, when they're like the Nintendo Switch came out and it was really hard to get? People definitely did that. Uh, yeah. I think I even tried to do that and then barely got my money back when I bought <laughs> one. Yeah. Well, not five of them, but one. Well, yeah. get a fake passport and get a third Flobie. <laughs> right. We'll be in business. I know. It's like... I could send one to my parents' house. I could send one to my sister. No. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the reselling Floby business. But um, I don't know. So that's wild. I want to ask you, what are we at for time here? Okay, we got, we got some time left here. You, one of the things you did over this quarantine, you did like a competition. Yeah, we dominated the line. dojo is what we did. Yeah, me and Abshire. I didn't 
I didn't see any of it, so tell oh, me. Oh, really? I thought you were. No. I could have sworn I saw you in the comment section. No. Uh-uh. Really? I never saw it. So, oh, damn. So, t- so it was. Just start. Tell so me. It was called the Coast to Coast Roast. It was put together by Helium, which is, um, I guess, if it's not the best comedy club chain in 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 the country, it's I don't know who else is if it's not them. There, okay. There's one of you know usually usually when you get chains of comedy clubs, you know, might have some places might have two. You know, okay, that's fine. Usually chains tend not to be very consistent. Sure. Uh, the Heliums are really consistent. They're really good clubs. There's one in Portland. There's one in St. Louis. There's one in Indianapolis. Uh, they bought Good Nights in uh, Carolina. And um, and I, I know uh, Lewis here at Acme is like they, they all know each other. Yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of Acme employees have gone on to work for Helium. Okay. Uh, so they you know during the quarantine they set up a kind of a virtual studio. They were doing a lot of Zoom shows. So they put together this thing called the Coast to Coast Roast, which was so you get a team of two comics from each city. So it's me and Nate Abshire from here, twenty four cities, forty eight comics, and you basically just go and just roast the other city. You write mean jokes about the other person's city, and then you go up against each other, and then the audience votes. And Mark Norman and Joe List hosted the the roast battle. So like eight mile on Zoom with comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Had you done anything like that before? Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of roasts. Actually, I wrote for the Alec Baldwin roast on Comedy Central this year, um, but I I ghost wrote for it, so I I can't like officially you know I can't say who I wrote for or what I wrote, but I wrote some jokes for that. No um, shit. Yeah. Wait, so I, Alec Baldwin. When that was in the last year? Uh, yeah, about about a year ago. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was together. about a, about a year ago. Okay, no kidding. Um, yeah, so I, I wrote for that, and I've done I've done a few roasts like locally, um, and I'm also just mean. So there's that. I'm just <laughs> the thing. I'm trying to leg up because we're just mean. Other people are like, man, we're really struggling for topics, and we were like, ah, we're not. <laughs> I don't think it's because we're great writers. I just think it's because we're we've been roasting each other for ten years. Well, yeah, it was kind of weird. It was sort of like in X Men Two when Magneto has to join forces with the X Men. It was like me and Abishire are like, wait, we're fighting together. This is weird. That's the first thing I saw when I saw your names together. Like, <laughs> oh, they're. I think people thought they we joined were forces. Each other. Yeah, no, it really was quite the uh, quite the combo. So when Jason Statham starts uh, fighting along with The Rock for Fast Five. Right. Uh, I don't think either Nate or I or Jason Statham or The Rock, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, which but, uh, one are you? <laughs> yeah, we, we we teamed up, and we did we did really well. So there was it, they did, like, a preliminary four rounds and then a sudden-death playoff based on your, like, standings on that. So we had, there were... At the most you could have was eight matches, and we went 8-0. We were completely undefeated. And uh, the only match that was close... Um, Oh man, it was in Houston against John Wesling and uh, this guy Trey. I can't think of his last name. I think Trey Schultz, but uh, uh, they were they were good, and when we just didn't have great Houston jokes, and we wound up winning that one fifty one percent to forty nine percent. Was that one? Of the, was that the last one? That was one? the yeah. That was the semifinal round. Okay, that one was really close. We, yeah, we, we just we just creamed everybody for a while. And then, and then we went. We won the finals pretty handily against Seattle. Great comics, uh, Monica Nevy and Andrew Rivers. Really funny. Uh, Steve Gillespie, our old pal Steve Gillespie, was was playing for Denver because he lives in Denver now. Oh no! Although shit. we never got to go up directly against Steve, I was looking forward to it because he had some killer jokes. He had this. Steve, this is not my joke. This is Steve's joke. He was roasting L.A. and he says L.A. has the highest divorce rate in the country, which makes sense because they've divorced stand up from comedy. <laughs> wow! I was like, "Damn, that's a good joke." Wow! <laughs> wow! I saw he's back here now, helping out with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, doing the shake cares, which is very, very stuff cool. In the city, um, yeah. Comedian-run uh, pop-up food shelf for people affected by the uh, the riots, and and just and, and whoever in the community wants. Yeah, that's needs, a good. Needs help. So. That's a good thing. So I um, 
when it was over, they didn't. Did anyone suggest like, all right, well, let's have the grant, let's have the real champion here, and Nate goes against Brian. <laughs> one one man standing, that. and I think Nate. And there could be just one. You know, this all this all really this wouldn't have worked if Lewis hadn't diabolically pitted Nate and I against each other like three years ago on New Year's Eve, when our rivalry was really at its zenith, and then he he made us go crazy fighting each other, and then we I, we just like lost. It's kind of like when your dad, if he like made you smoke a whole carton of cigarettes or whatever, the whole pack to like, make you sick of it. Yeah. Lewis basically made us smoke a whole pack of each other, basically. <laughs> and so we're just like, um, I, I, I can't, I can't fight anymore. Uh, we were just exhausted. And so somebody actually suggested, suggested that they were like, "All right, now you guys roast each other." And we we're like, "No, absolutely not. Let's not. We open that. <laughs> we open that can of worms. It's yeah, all yeah. over." Uh huh. Oh, that was there. So was there a trophy or anything, or just your? There was a prize. Rights? We 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 won. Uh, I think six weeks of work at uh, the helium clubs uh, around the country. So oh yeah, that'd be cool. I'm working on getting those uh, booked out now. Nice. We didn't know there was any prize. We were just like, well, we're we're, we're home. <laughs> we're free. Yeah. And we had a, we had a really good time doing it and met a lot of really good comics too. There's a, now here's just a, I think my final question about it. And it's pretty dumb. You were just you were at your house. Nate was yeah. at his house, and it yeah. was just on Zoom. Yeah, it was on Zoom, and we would call each other during the day and just work on jokes together. And you know, and by the end of it, he got really intense in the last round because so basically the way it worked out was you had the last four teams. So you had us versus Houston, and you had Seattle versus Cleveland. And then the loser, the two losers, immediately that night played each other, and then the winners played each other. Oh, wow. So what that meant was we knew we were playing Houston, so we had to write a set of jokes about Houston, but we didn't know who the winner was going to be, so we had to write jokes about Cleveland and Seattle. So we had to write jokes about all three cities in 24 hours to do the roast, and we literally wrote for over 12 hours. Yeah. It was crazy. That is uh, good practice for uh, when you're not doing a lot of shows. Yeah, right? I might have to drag some of those out to do for, for new material this how week. Are you, yeah, how are you going to have those make sense during your set this weekend? Yeah, like, you know, actually, when you start ripping on Houston. At first, Nate and I were, were like, oh, this is, these are jokes are good. We're, we're, oh, it's a shame we can't use them later. And I said, no, 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 no. we got to keep these on file. Because oh, yeah. anytime you travel to that city, you now basically have your one to two minutes of really specific jokes about yeah. that city. So it actually worked out pretty well. Do you try to do the you know local references when you I go do to that work? everywhere I go? You do, right? I know what I because I think it's hacky if you have a joke where it's like, so I was buying drugs in blank, you know, like like the the hacky one in Minneapolis is Coon Rapids. I was going to say Anoka, Anoka, oh, yeah. or mm-hmm. Coon Rapids is what people always go for yeah. when people did Coon Rapids jokes during the roast for sure. Um, so I don't like that, but I like to like when I go to a town. The first thing I do is I like to walk around all day and just look for stuff and try to write at least a minute or two of jokes about that town. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes those build, and so like at this point, I have like five minutes on Madison that has just grown every time I've gone to Madison. And so I, my first five minutes in Madison is very specific. Oh yeah, they're probably recognizing some of it though. Oh yeah. Oh, I, 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 I think the audience might not because they turn over, but I know one of the managers is like, oh yeah, you're doing that uh, Madison bit again. <laughs> <laughs> but where else are you going to use your Madison bit except for Madison? <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. I um, let's see. What did I got? We don't have a ton of time, so I want to get to the questions I had here. Pre-quarantine, I bet mm-hmm. you had zero face masks. How many do you have now? We got a bundle hanging on the uh, the hook. It's funny they we have the we have our, my wife and I have a little like the mail thing with like the keys. You know, like you put your mail in, in the basket and you got the hooks. You put your keys. So we got three hooks. It's like the keys, her keys, my keys, and then a bunch of face masks. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I've been pretty mask. I've been good. I wear I wear masks in, in inside. You know, when mm-hmm. I go to the store and say yeah, I've been doing it. I don't do it when I run. That's too much. I, yeah, I is that even that recommended? 
They say you don't you don't have to. I mean, even when they do the law, I see people running in them every now and then, and I just I don't know how you do that. I want to start seeing people with, with uh, tan lines. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard about that. No, there was a concern about mask tan line. I heard a girl talking for about real. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. That was a that was that was definitely a concern for some people. <laughs> but then, if like if you wanted to be like a you know show how socially conscious you were, maybe you could get one on purpose, and then when you take it off, it's like look how hard I try. The wokest. Has, the wokest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Although you know, I don't even believe in sunblock. I'm red here. We well, you know, Brazil tan lines are considered really hot, right? Like that's a that's like a, a thing they cultivate in 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 Brazil. It's like a beauty standard. So I wonder if that extends. So like Brazilian chicks have like like super pale mouths and like really dark cheeks. The first Playboys I ever looked at, mm. for sure, all tan were lines. All in the tan 70s. lines. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And now it's considered. Uh, I don't know gauche or something i don't know i don't think i've ever dated a girl who was wild enough to not have tan lines i gotta tell you i haven't dated a girl who could tan in a while <laughs> my wife's irish as hell <laughs> i don't know she's, she's never had a tan line yeah uh-huh yeah i i always i'm good at that too i put on a liquid sweater is what i call liquid my, my yeah. spf 70 yeah oh it doesn't work above 50 i don't care I'll put it on twice. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Now it's a hundred. So I saw a uh, tweet of yours, and I think you mentioned it um, here before we started recording about what, what, what describe the material. Well, not describe the material, but you got, you have some new stuff. You have a be, lot of new stuff. A lot of new stuff. It's gonna be interesting because I have a ton of new stuff, but I haven't been on stage in three months. Almost. So how are yeah? So how are you approaching these shows? It's it's uh, I don't, have I even said it? It's two shows this weekend. Yeah, it's, uh, Friday, Friday Saturday, at eight o'clock. Friday, 8 o'clock, Saturday, 8 o'clock. And these yep. are the last two Zoom-only shows uh, from the studio here at Acme. And then next week, it'll be uh, – people can do both. People yeah. can watch starting on Zoom. Wednesday. Starting Wednesday the 17th, people can watch on Zoom just like they will be this weekend. But 75 – up to 75 people can come and have dinner at Sticks next door, Acme's yeah. restaurant, and then come to the show. Yeah, oh, it's great. I'm so Starting glad to be Wednesday, back. Next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. to come to a show. Um, so anyway, I, your material. So where are we? Yeah. So I'm kind of treating this like crash and burn. Uh, I, crash and burn has turned out to be really good training for this. You know, it's like a, it's like Mr. Miyagi. You know, I was like, a, I was just like a wipe washing cars. And I didn't realize I was training the whole time. Like, oh, I know how to do this. Um, because I've got, you know, I don't know how much I don't I haven't timed out yet, but I have a lot of new material about um, just all, all the craziness in Minneapolis with the the, the 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 riots and the protests and the police, and then I've got uh, a bunch of pandemic stuff. But I haven't had any place to test it out at all. So it's like a crash and burn. You just you get a couple pages of notes and you get ready to go. And Has uh, it been hard to feel funny? Kind of. The know, last two weeks, quarantine yes. and then obviously Minneapolis being the center of. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, part of my thing with the I wasn't writing as many jokes during quarantine because when you didn't know how long it was going to go on. A lot of people are like, oh, I got a lot of great quarantine jokes. And it's like, yeah, but it's all going to be tired in two months, you know, because like, people are doing the same stuff. And so, like, I needed to kind of have a date. Like, well, when am I coming back? So now that I kind of know, it's like, OK, now we, we're updated. Now we can start working on this stuff. Um, so I, I had been doing stuff throughout here and there. And so I'm assembling all the little jokes that I'd written. And I've but I've, I've been sitting down with a notebook every day for a few hours a day, just cranking stuff out and uh calling Robert Burrill and Emily Galati and saying, help me, I need help with these jokes. All right. Um, and then so the next project for the next two days is to record myself on my phone saying all the jokes. And then I put my phone in my pocket and I walk around my neighborhood and I listen to myself say the jokes over and over again until I memorize them. Because it's the only way I know to memorize them without saying them a million times like you do at open mics. Yeah. 
Interesting. That's okay. My, that's my that's my strength. Also, gonna bring more notes on stage than I usually do. Usually, have a cocktail napkin with like twelve words on it. You know, yeah. I probably have a couple pages of uh, typed out notes. Sure. Very very common in Crash and Burn. Yeah. Right. Um, just because, and I don't think anyone will mind. It's my first time back, and I figured people would rather see me do a bunch of new stuff with notes than just like blather through my old act. Right. You know? And the, here's the crazy thing, though. I was supposed to record an album in like two weeks. I was like, I was in the process of preparing my album recording what? when the pandemic hit. So my whole fo- focus was was like tightening the set. And now I don't know, will I ever record? Th- I probably never, will never record that album. I will probably take a lot of stuff from that and put it on, hmm. I would record an album. Could be a blessing. It could be. I, I, I don't know. I was pretty happy with that album. <laughs> I was really ready to record it. Trying to make you feel better about it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but I do want to record uh, soon. But um, but but I'm having to kind of rethink the whole thing because I, I had my hour and I was all ready to like record that and start with the new hour. And Jeez. now it's like, well, you can't. I don't want to record with no audience. You know. And now we have an audience back. I can actually do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so one more thing I'm going to ask you about here, and then we'll wrap this up. Um. And get people to buy tickets to come see you this weekend uh, from anywhere. You can you from can anywhere. Buy. That's that's the great thing about the Zoom shows, by the way, is that like you can, the people in Minneapolis can obviously come here and see the shows. But like, yeah, you can be in Alaska. You can be in. Yeah, I have a nine month old baby at home. You know, Brian, yeah. and she watched the show with me what two or three weeks ago. Nice. I mean, she doesn't know what's going on, yeah. thankfully. Uh, but uh, the fact is, I can sit in the living room on the floor next to her and mm-hmm. watch the show at Acme on a Saturday night that I, you know. I'd have to get a babysitter for wouldn't be able to do. And yeah. I'm not going to go down the babysitter route with COVID as a whole, you know. Like, oh, right. I haven't other, thought about oh, that. I, Gosh. Yeah. It's, so that's a real I've difficult been very thing. happy to be childless, i got to yeah. tell you. So that's, <laughs> it's, that's a whole other situation. But uh, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, quickly talk about the podcast that you, you're doing now. Oh, yeah. So I, that was one of my quarantine projects. Um, our mutual friend, Brittany Arneson, used yeah. to be Brittany Hagen, yeah. um, that you worked with at KQ. Um, we do podcasts together as guests, and we always just had a great rapport. We always just really liked being on air together. We'd always said, like, we should do a show together. We should do a show together. Well, you know, we got quarantined. <laughs> and I called her and I said, uh, Brittany, I got the idea. So we're doing a it's a it's a mostly Minnesota news based podcast once a week. It's called Minnesota. Good it name. drops every Thursday. Great name. And I was very happy with the name. Yeah. Honestly, we probably just did it because I came up with the name and I was like, we got to use this name. <laughs> uh, and I came up with the logo. It's the, the only logo I've ever created in my entire life. Um, but um, uh, so we, we do it, it's a lighter take on the news, but we do kind of start with the serious news, move toward the lighter. Obviously, been a little more serious the last couple of weeks, but she's so great and so funny on the mic, and she she's, she always has an interesting take, and so we've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, so yeah, you can listen to that for free on iTunes and Stitcher, and uh, I think uh, Buzzsprout if you're totally bereft of other outlets, <laughs> we have it on there too. But yeah, iTunes and Stitcher give us a rate and review. It's a uh, you don't have to live in Minnesota, you, you can kind of get an eye on what's going on on Minnesota. We do a little national news too, usually how it affects people around here. Minnesota, Minnesota. How yeah. long are the episodes? How long have they been? Uh, we we typically? always keep them under an hour. I think I think our post riot episode went a little over an hour because it was just so much to talk about. Because I was that was my neighborhood. I was like physically there for a lot of that stuff. Yeah. If um, uh, if we were doing double the time we're doing today, I would have had a million questions about that. But yeah. we're trying but to you focus. Can go, but if you want to find out about any here. of that, you can just go back and listen to Minnesota. I'm going to uh, a couple episodes because I was in, and we interviewed uh, Tevin, uh, the old house comedy manager, who now is uh, him. podcast. Oh, Tevin's great. He's uh, he works with Gabe Noah over at the studio there with Profession Confession and and Brittany. And so we had Tevin on because he lives on the other side of the interstate, right on Lake Street too. So we're kind of neighbors or n- near neighborhood neighbors. So we. Um, 
we both had like similar but different experiences. So there's a great episode where we just basically describe what it was like for an hour to you know be in that. Love it. Love it. I'm going to go back and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, check them out. They're good. They're uh, funny. Thank you. We did it. I yeah. It's about a half an hour. If you haven't yet uh, subscribed to this podcast, we, this is episode 376, Brian. Yeah, I'm chasing after Slagle as my most frequent guest. Yeah. I don't think I'm there, but I think I'm close. I'm easily number you're, two. You're catching up, and he missed his week, remember, because you, uh, earlier, a few months ago, so oh. you were supposed to be here for Crash and Burn, and it got canceled. So oh. you would have had another one, so you just uh, you got I only got to sneak in a couple more. and got uh, a little closer. Taking the lead. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.